And I say this all the time if you guys see me on social media, it's not you, it's them. And when I say them, I'm referring to your audience. Is that a lot of times we don't realize that the person that we're watching online spent a lot of time curating the right people to sell to. Before you even think about selling something, you've got to make sure that the people you're talking to every single day actually want, not need, because not everybody buys what they need. They buy what they want. You got to make sure that they actually want what you're going to sell. And the best way to do that is to ask them. You are now tuned in to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. I'm your host, Felicia, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my mompreneur journey along with strategies that will help you build your online business operations in a sustainable way. The goal is to help you build a business that fits into your lifestyle as a mom who values putting family first. We will also hear the experiences and expertise of other moms with service-based businesses. You'll get a peek into our journeys so you'll know that you aren't alone. Motherhood gets hard. Entrepreneurship gets hard. But together, we can do hard things. Welcome to the suite. All right. Hey, friends, welcome to another episode. We have another guest with us this week. Super excited. We have Chrissy Ferreira here. She is known as the authority coach and she is a marketing and launch consultant. She works with experts to curate a hatter ready to buy audience to sell out their next launch. Chrissy, welcome. How are you? I am great. Thank you for having me here today. Of course, I'm excited for this conversation. So let's just go ahead, hop right in. Let people know a little bit more about yourself and your business, how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so, well, first of all, me, I am a mom to a very, very wild four-year-old boy (laughs) and a wife. I actually married my high school sweetheart, so we've been together almost 17 years. I live up here in Rhode Island and... How did I get started and how did I get to where I am today? So I actually started my, my first profitable business was my agency back in 2020. It was a full done for you social media management agency. And it took off really quickly, like very, very quickly. I I gained clients within the first couple of months and started onboarding another social media manager, then a graphic designer, then another social media strategist. And within a year, we had about 10 clients. I still had my three team members. And we were doing really, really great revenue-wise. I was able to uh, leave my full-time job. And I was pretty happy with where, where we built the agency. But I was burnt out. When I tell you I was burnt out, we were successful on the outside. I wanted to burn the business down from the inside. Like, I was working till 2 a.m. just about every single day. I had clients messaging me all day long, regardless if I had the team or not. They hired us to work with me. And because I really did make myself like the face of the business, and I don't think I set enough boundaries in the very beginning with some of my clients. I just wanted to take on anybody that would work with us and just prove that we could do this. So it got to a point where I was so stressed out. We actually lost a family member, and it, it kind of made me realize like, this is not living. This is not success. We were bringing in 10 to 15K a month. And I wasn't making that much, but like on the outside, okay, we built a six-figure brand, but I was just like, I, do, I can't go on like this for another year or two or five years. And so I had to make the decision, what am I going to do? One of my clients at the time, 
we were really having a hard time getting her engagement up on social media. And the issue was that a lot of stuff that was going on the back end of her business just did not flow. Her ideal client made no sense. Her offers made no sense. And so I was straight up with her one day and I said, look, our job is not to make you money in the agency. We're here to take things off your hand. But the reason I think that like you're struggling is because, and I gave her X, Y, Z. And long story short, she ended up hiring me for an additional service as a consultant. And so we started doing private calls and she started like getting things in order and we were actually able to do a better job for her on our end and she was starting to make more money and she seemed happier. We were happier with her. And then I realized I really liked this part of the business. Like I wanted to get more strategy. So then I started offering the services to my other clients at a very low price to get some practice. And I feel like I was uh, getting them better results that way than I was through the done for you. I enjoyed it more and I was able to make more like doing less in that sense. So then I realized, all right, I think I want to start offering more consulting. So to make a long story short, eventually I ended up pivoting. I completely pivoted from done for you services to consulting services. It took about a year and a half because we had contracts. I had my team depending on me. And then like I was scared. I was honestly scared at the time to let this go because all the money I was making, like I was scared. I have a family to support. So I, I couldn't just like, close the doors to my business and start new. So we eventually pivoted and I was able to actually close the doors back in September of 2022. And now we are full-time consulting. And one of the things that I've used and what I've learned is that whole audience building. I had to literally like recreate myself online. I had to get people who knew me as the social media manager to now look at me as this mid-ticket, high-ticket consultant that no longer needed referrals for done for you. And so that's why, honestly, I focus a lot on audience building because I had to do it on my end and it took a lot of like trial and error. And now I feel like I've mastered it. So that's kind of how I got to where I am today. You know, I'm so glad that you told that story in the beginning about you built the business, you were at six figures, you were making money, but you were burnt out. And I think a lot of times... The goal is that we want to have these profitable businesses, but we're not doing it in a sustainable way. And so I love that you were able to kind of figure out what needed to change and make that pivot. Because that's what we're talking about here on the podcast all the time is how can you build your online business, but do it in a sustainable way and do it in a way where you don't feel like you want to burn down your business, where you actually love it and you're able to put your family first. So I love that you told that story and you were able to come out of that. Now, we know you focus on the audience building and the launching piece. So I know you've worked with a lot of people in their launches, and it's a common thing in the online space. So from your experience, what are some of the common mistakes you've seen people make when they are launching something new? Earlier this year, I like heavily focused on just helping you launch an offer. And one of the biggest mistakes that I saw was people were trying to sell to a cold audience. And that's why I heavily focus on, on the audience piece before the launching, because one of the biggest mistakes is I see with flocked launches, like if launch it didn't go well, a lot of people play like the self-blame game where they start thinking like, oh, well, maybe my offer wasn't clear enough. Maybe it was my, my uh, sales page. Maybe it was my social media content. Maybe I wasn't posting enough. Or they start comparing themselves to other people in their industry where it's like, oh, well, so-and-so, every single time they post something, the crowd goes wild. And they're selling out their offers left and right. 
Maybe I'm not as interesting. Maybe I'm not as extroverted or maybe this wasn't made for me. Maybe I'm not made to be as successful as that. And they start playing the self-blame game when in reality, and I say this all the time, if you guys see me on social media, it's not you, it's them. And when I say them, I'm referring to your audience is that a lot of times we don't realize that the person that we're watching online spent a lot of time curating the right people to sell to. Before you even think about selling something, you've got to make sure that the people you're talking to every single day actually want, not need, because not everybody buys what they need. They buy what they want. You got to make sure that they actually want what you're going to sell. And the best way to do that is to ask them. And the best way to ask them is, by making sure that you have the right people in your circle. And it's not just about having the right ideal client. If you can focus a lot on making sure that your network is also filled with the right collab partners, like people that can promote your offer, can go live with you, can make your offer a part of their program. Like there's so many different ways to do collaborations. You want to make sure you have great collaboration partners in your network too. And I like to call them champions, which is like affiliates, referral partners, there's a difference between a fangirl and a and a uh, champion. A fangirl will like get your engagement super, super high, but she won't buy from you and she may never refer you. But a champion, they're going to do all of the above and more. They're going to comment on everything, share everything. And then when they're in groups, they're constantly mentioning your, your name. And they're like the ultimate fangirl, but they're actually helping you make money. And this person may never even never buy from you. Like I have a, quite a few champions in my network and they've never bought a single thing from me. But they bring in so much business for me <laughs> because they, I've connected with them, established authority with them. I have really positioned myself as the go-to person in my specific industry that they just rave about me all the time. And so before you go to launch anything, you've got to make sure you've got the right people to actually sell it to. That's one thing. Another, I'll give you guys one more thing, a big mistake I see is that a lot of times people jump into their launch too fast. They don't give themselves enough. You don't give yourself enough time. I say the magic is in the pre-launch and the pre-launch phase, in my opinion, should be the longest phase. So a couple, couple little tips for you guys who maybe aren't familiar with launching or like you're just like launching. It's just a guessing game. You want to make sure in that pre-launch phase, you're giving yourself enough time to warm up your audience, making sure you have the right people, doing that market research to ensure is this offer actually wanted? My go-to that I give a lot of my clients is you got to have at least 20 people. And depending on your, depending on what you want to fill it, obviously, if you need to fill 100 spots to something, you need more. But if you're looking to fill like 10 spots to something, you want to have at least 20 people like on a list that before you even open the doors, you can hand select them and invite them to this offer. Because even if like 25% of the people say yes, you're going to start filling that offer a lot faster before you even open the doors because you're going to be very disappointed when people don't start buying in the very beginning and then it's going to be easy to lose momentum once you open the doors and people aren't buying you're not going to want to show up for your launch that launch plan that you had you're going to get sick because your body is trying to like avoid going live and showing up on social media you know you're going to avoid it and you're going to drop the launch before it even gets started so I say the more time you spend in the pre-launch phase, really testing out your offer before you even open the doors is going to help you. And there's more things to the pre-launch phase, but that's probably the biggest mistake I see is not really prepping for your launch long enough. I think that's so good because I know me personally, a lot of times I have an idea and I'm like, oh, I should do this. And then you yeah. want to just go right out and print, <laughs> and print it out there so quick. So 
I'm glad that you put that out there for us to be mindful of. And you just dropped so many gems. So I hope y'all were listening. Taking notes, go back and rewind if you need to. You mentioned having, you know, a hot ready to buy audience. And you already kind of mentioned some things you can do having collaborators and champions as well. But for somebody who might not necessarily know how to build their audience, after seeing your visibility challenge and your emails and things like that, how can somebody just begin to build their audience that is ready to buy? You've got to just say who you're looking for. That's the thing. You've literally just got to say it. Sometimes we overcomplicate this process. You can literally say, I am looking for, whether you're looking to sell something, you can say, I'm literally looking for five people that are like this, that want this transformation. You can call them out. And you see these posts all the time on social media. It's not lazy marketing. It's actually just very straightforward marketing. Another thing is you got to go find them. Like if you're brand new, a lot of times we're taught to attract our ideal client. And in the very beginning, we don't even know who the hell our ideal client is, to be honest with you. And we're still testing it out and we're still trying to decide what we want. And so there is no attracting when you're when you're brand new. You've got to actually go out and hand select them. And so probably the best way to do that is you've got to get in some paid communities. I believe you have a networking group that you hold and then other like paid communities that you can be a part of. That is honestly where I feel like my business blew up, even with my agency, was from the very beginning, I made it a goal to add at least two new people. Now it's more than that. But when my very first started, I had a goal to add at least two new people to my network every single day. So I would go out and find people that I felt were that ideal client for me. Same thing in networking groups. Like I'm constantly like making sure that people know who I want to work with. Look for what this is the lead I'm looking for. This is the type of clients I'm looking for. If you have this problem, this is the problem that I solve. And so just being very, very vocal about it and hands on about going to find your people. Yeah. And I think keeping it simple, like you said, is super effective. We do like to overcomplicate these things and have frameworks and formulas for everything when it's really like you just gotta (laughs) call out who it is you're looking for. Yes. So we're all miles here listening, the mom CEO suite, and we're trying to run these businesses in a sustainable way. So how can we stay consistent and avoid that burnout while we're trying to to launch something? So I have had to do trial and error with this in so many different ways because my son was a year old when I started my business. And so, you know, their independence level is different at each stage. And then also when it comes to childcare, that has changed a lot throughout the years. So my schedule has never really been the same. And sometimes I have more childcare than other times, depending on the year. And so, for example, my son, he's going to be starting pre-K and he'll actually be going to school full time, which is crazy to me because like he has been home pretty much the last uh, three years. And so, yes, I'm going through an emotional thing right now. I don't, if you had this interview at the end of this month, I'd probably be crying on here. But he used to be in preschool two days a week. And so I wasn't willing to put him in school full time. That was just me. I kind of started my business so I could be home with him. And I didn't want to give that up. And so for anybody who else is like that, time blocking, and I know how basic and annoying that may sound for some people. Because I was very against it, like, oh, I don't need to time block, blah, blah, blah. The problem is, is there's so many distractions. And I'm a little bit ADHD, if you ask me, self-diagnosed. And I get distracted very, very easily. So right now, I am actually down to a three-day work week. Right now, I'm working typically Monday through Wednesday, about 
five to six hours a day. So how am I managing to see clients and go live and promote myself in what, 18 hours? If I'm, I don't know if I just did the math right, but like, yeah, about 18 to 20 hours a week, okay, is what I'm working. And so how am I managing to do that? And how am, how am I actually launching anything? Well, I'll tell you, I haven't launched anything this summer. <laughs> I did keep it really, really simple this summer because his schedule was so tight. And so not putting the pressure of like a, a massive launch where I was required to have to go live and be interviewed and be on multiple podcasts. Like I did honestly keep it really, really simple over the summer knowing that I had less time because I didn't want to stress myself out and I didn't want to put too much on my plate. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to handle that. Me personally, I was very, very conscious of that and very realistic of what I can and cannot handle. I also had to be realistic with how many clients I was willing to actually take on this summer. So in times where I was not able to work, I had to understand that I am maybe not going to grow at the same level as some of my peers and my colleagues because this is the season of motherhood that I am in the summer is I have less time and I'm not willing to sacrifice my time with him or my sanity like I used to before. So therefore, I know I'm probably not going to make as much money this month that I did back in or April. And that's not having a negative money mindset. This is just me setting boundaries with myself and not allowing myself to fall into the slump of like every month you have to do more revenue. Every month you have to hit a higher goal. Understanding that, okay, this is my soft error right now. My like my ease season. And when September comes, I'm going to I'll be to a five day work week. And my strategy around that as I'm actually launching, I do have more interviews set up. I do have events set up, right? And so how I'm even managing to do it right now is time blocking. Like I have to be very, very intentional with my schedule is I will actually block out times in my calendar where I'm just working on admin stuff. And then I also only take client calls on two days a week. So I'm not taking client calls every single day. I have Wednesdays. And Tuesdays are my go-to client call days. And Mondays are primarily admin days. But just being really intentional with what I'm doing every single day, making sure that like I keep that tight schedule and then following my own rules. Like if I say I'm going to end my day at this time, I end my day at that time versus like, oh, just one more email or just one more this because that's an hour. Then you're adding another hour. And here I am missing out on my summertime with my son. So to answer your question, it depends on the season. It depends on the season that I'm in, how much childcare that I have. In the spring, I had a four-day work week, so I was able to do a full-on summit that we launched. It was a month-long like launch. And even still with that, I had to time block. I had to be really intentional about my calendar. I also had to be really vocal with my husband about what I needed, like telling him, okay, on this day, I have this. I need you guys to be out of the house because sometimes I need them to leave. It's too many distractions with them in the kitchen. Like you can hear them. If you have a home office, you know the struggle. <laughs> Just being really, really like vocal with my husband about what I need and what I don't need and letting him know because before with the agency, I didn't have any type of schedule. I was just working all the time and I would get frustrated with him because I expected him to read my mind about what I had going on. And you know, Felicia's laughing at me over here. So she probably experienced this. But I, it's almost like I expected him to read my mind. And then that's where I was getting stressed because I would take it out on him. I would take it out kind of on my son. I would get frustrated, a little patience. And so setting boundaries within yourself, time blocking for certain activities and 
realizing what season of motherhood are you in? Are you in the ease? Are you willing to accept that maybe this is going to be me? And it's always going to be a low revenue month, by the way. You may do less work and make more money. I'm not saying have that expectation, but I did. I had that expectations for myself based on how many clients I was willing to take on at during the summer and being okay with that versus comparing myself to other other women online that maybe don't have young children at home. Or honestly, I have clients with older children and they're home for the summer and I had to have the same conversation with them. You have your kids home. What's your priority? Do you want to miss out on this? Like, it's okay if this month you didn't make as many sales. Like, can you still pay your bills? Are you still okay? That's fine. So I'm just saying, give yourself grace is, I guess, my biggest piece of recommendation for you guys. <laughs> Listen, I love this so much. You said so many good things, and I think a lot of people can resonate with it. One of the things you mentioned was about recognizing the season of motherhood that you're in and really creating a business that fits into your lifestyle instead of trying to fit your life and your kids and all that into your business schedule. I know for me, I tell this story a lot on the podcast, but when I first became a mom, I had my business prior to motherhood. And when I had my daughter, you know, after a while, after my maternity leave, I was trying to just go back to doing business as usual. And we know that did not work. (laughs) It was terrible. I was frustrated. um, But I also, you know, was not communicating with my husband about what I really needed. And so, yes, it was like a learning experience for me. And I really had to manage my expectations. Another thing that you mentioned, like manage my expectations about, okay, what am I really going to be able to get done in this season that I'm in now and really communicate what I need? Like I text my husband, they're out. And I'm like, listen, I'm doing a podcast episode. Don't come in the house until this time because I I don't need distractions. Right. And so it is a lot of communicating in the time blocking. Same thing. I do a lot of the stuff in the morning before my daughter gets up or during her nap. And I have to be okay with that. Like, that's just the season that I'm in. And one of the things that I also love in interviews that I've been doing recently, you know, a lot of our conversations have been leaning towards not comparing yourself to what you see everybody on the internet doing and giving yourself grace and not having to always kind of be in this hustle mentality of, I have to do more. I have have to get more. I have to do six figures. Okay, now I have to get to 250,000 or whatever it is. It's like, okay, give yourself grace and decide what is best for you and for your family in this season and go with that instead of trying to compare what you see other people doing. Probably people who don't have kids or have older kids or just are in a different season of life. So I absolutely love that. We could talk about that all day. But let's shift gears just a little bit before we wrap up, uh, because we know you're the authority coach. And I just always like people to have a level playing field of understanding of what these terms mean. So when we talk about authority, what do you mean when you say authority? And then why is that important when it comes to launching? I started rebranding myself like back when I was shifting out of the like the done for you industry into the consulting industry, like full time. I started playing around with this term authority because I I had to reestablish myself as the go-to person in online for a certain thing. Like people used to view me as the social media manager and nothing against social media managers, but like people weren't taking me seriously as a consultant at first. Like it really did take time for me to really like rebrand myself and get people to look at me in this different light. 
And even though I would talk about what I was doing, people would still refer to me as a social media manager or that's how they looked at me. So I, I said to myself, I've really got to step it up. And I don't remember if I read something or heard someone talk, but the, the word authority got like, like in my brain one day. And I was like, I want to, I want to be like the authority in my industry. And so I was talking to my coach one day and I said something about, I need to raise my authority. And she's like, I love that. And so I started to kind of use that as my own like self-coaching line. Every time I was going to post something, I I asked myself like, all right, did you raise your authority in this? Right. And it sounds kind of corny, but it was like my way of amping myself up and staying consistent. And I started to infuse it in launching because a lot of times, kind of like what I was talking about earlier, is that people need to take you seriously online in order to pay you. A lot of people know the no like trust factor. Yes, but they need to like take you seriously. And also when you're trying to build an audience or when you're trying to sell anything, like you have to be like front of mind for people constantly. Like when, when you think of launching, like I want you to think of me, right? When we think of when we think of like a certain copywriter, there may be like a person who comes like to your mind like instantly because they have established themselves as the go-to, as the authority in that specific field for you. And so for me, I realized that, okay, in order to make more money online, in order for people to pay more attention to you or to take me more seriously online, they had to view me as the authority, the go-to person. Because for every industry, there is that one person that I immediately think of. And I wanted to be that person when it came to marketing, when it came to launching. I wanted to be like, oh, go see Chrissy, right? Regardless if I was right there them or not, like I wanted them to think of me immediately. And so when it came to planning launches, I realized that that had to be like a piece. When I was building out like my methodology for like how to launch something, I wanted to infuse it in, in there somewhere because I knew that if I could help my clients like really establish authority online, that it would be a lot easier for them to sell their services because people were already building that no like trust factor with them. They were taking them more seriously. They knew that if they needed to hire someone in that specific field, that that was most likely going to be the person that they were going to hire. So I knew that if when you're when you're trying to put together a launch, how can we make you like the go to person before you even open the doors to this to this offer? And so when it comes to launching, we establish authority in our content and the way that we talk. And we repeat ourselves constantly over and over and over again until I like to say like prepare to be sick of me type of feeling, but like to the point where it's like you can't help but think of my industry when you see my name pop up. Like literally, like when you see my name, the first thing you think of is what I specialize in. And so I teach my clients like how do we create that? And honestly, it's a confidence thing for me personally. Like to say I'm the go-to person in my industry, to say that I am the authority and launching, like that's a confidence thing, like that helps me show up. It puts a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, yes. But like, I want my clients to feel confident when they're selling, I want them to believe it. So if you don't believe you're the authority in your industry, your audience isn't gonna believe you're the, you're the authority. And so that's why we, I talk about it like with everything. It makes total sense. And if you guys follow Christy on social media and you see her content, then you will understand what she's saying. And yes, she has positioned herself as the authority. <laughs> Thanks. Very well. Um, because when I think about launching, I think about Chrissy. So you dropped so many good nuggets and shared a lot of value. Definitely appreciate you for coming on. Um, let people know how they can connect with you outside of this podcast. How can we reach you? Where can we find you? 
the best place to follow me is on Facebook. That's where my like, that's my my hot, ready curated audience is on Facebook. You can just find me at just type in Chrissy Guerrera and I'm the only one that'll probably pop up. You can also find me over on Instagram. My stories are a great place to kind of see behind the scenes of what I've got going on. You can also go to my website, ChrissyFerrera.com, and you can meet some of my clients on there. We're actually going to be revamping my website soon. So right now it's just the beautiful testimonial page, but you'll see some other new cool things in there as we're rebuilding the website. Awesome. All this info will be in the show description. So make sure you guys click the links and get connected with Chrissy. Again, Chrissy, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for listening and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can you do us a favor? Leave a review on iTunes and share with other moms in business like you. Help us spread our message and empower others who are at this intersection of motherhood and entrepreneurship.